if you are going through college or you have a child that is, wants to go to college, you want the best for them. In order to go through the maze of education, the best in class for education is in our studios today. Welcome to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com and by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Now join Rich Casanova, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta and worldwide across the PBC syndicated networks. Welcome. This is Artie Ruderman substituting for Rich Casanova, and we'll get right into today's topic, which is education. You know, education has been in the news lately, and not necessarily in a good way, but it's always been challenging. I know myself, with my children and my grandchildren as they go through school, you want to make sure that they're in the best school, the best classes, that they're receiving the best education they can. And if you have goals for them, whether it be uh, a university or, or, or a particular college, how could you best aid them in getting there? Our guest today will tell us how. We have today, and I'll let them introduce themselves, Carter Ivy, Molly, and Chris Ruddle. So, since there's three of you, I'll allow you just to please introduce yourselves. Carter? Hello, my name is Carter, and I'm excited to be here. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure. Uh, I am a historian. I'm a trained historian, and I uh, worked in museums for about 10 years, and I really enjoyed that work. And now that I work in best-in-class education, now I can translate that uh, to another type of uh, classroom. Very good. Molly? Yes, and my name's Molly, and uh, I am actually an educator, and uh, I hold a uh, English degree and a master's in teaching English, and I have uh, extensive experience in the classroom teaching uh, students, and so this particular uh, path was natural for me to be able to continue uh, to help students uh, excel and uh, thrive. So for me, this was the perfect path. Hi, and I'm Chris, and I'm the only one in the extended family that's not been involved in education. My background, I've scaled a lot of businesses, and I'm having a lot of fun scaling a family business with best in class. Uh, But I have found that since I've started teaching in the classroom, how rewarding it is to see the light bulb go on with the kids and see the parents happy that their kids are doing better. Well, let's talk about Best in class education center. Did I get that right this time? Yes. Thank you. It's a supplemental education, correct? So kids or children are in school, but it's very competitive, or sometimes they just don't relate to the teaching that's going on in that school for whatever reason, right? It could be, could be several reasons. So that's where best in class education center steps in. 
So tell us a little bit more what services you provide, and then tell us a little bit about Best in Class Education Center. Well, uh, we, we help students from kindergarten to 12th grade. And so at different stages of their education, they have different needs. And we do that through three main offerings. One is enrichment classes, which are math and English classes meant to reinforce what they're learning in school and help them meet the grade level or excel. We do tutoring a lot of times when a child is having some troubles with a particular subject and they need some special help. And then we do test prep. SAT and ACT are pretty common for high schoolers. Also, uh, milestones and gifted test prep for the elementary schools. So, so the listeners have it right. This is absolutely supplemental. Yes, right? it is. The, your students go to regular schools, whether they be private or, or public, but uh, there's a need for maybe improvement or excelling. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this has been in the news a lot lately, uh, right? But we want to put a, a good, good slant on what's happening in, with education. So t- tell us specifically uh, how you help your students. Well, students, you know, have different needs, but the common theme is parents want the best for their students. And a lot of times with the current way of teaching, they've been taught differently. They don't even know how the education system works right now, particularly in math. And so a lot of times they come to us both to get help for the kids, but to get some guidance uh, for themselves as to how to support the kids, especially with so many families that have come to the local area that actually went to school elsewhere, they don't understand our system. And so a lot of times they need the guidance of how high school, for example, and getting to college works. All right. And uh, I could see that. I mean, I, I know that um, like prepping for the uh, college exams, for instance, that, that could be a big help. But what you're supplying is from K to 12 is supplemental education for various courses. So we're reinforcing what they're learning at school, and an added benefit to our program, especially our English program, is uh, the writing component that we can offer our students. Uh, Our uh, curriculum uh, offers extensive uh, support with writing, and we feel like this really helps our students uh, strengthen their skills in, in this area. So we're very, very uh, happy to be offering added support for writing within our English program. You know, Molly, uh, you mentioned writing, and today that's almost becoming a lost art, isn't it? It is. It is. But, you know, uh, at the end of the day, uh, we still uh, need to be able to communicate and uh so we we spend a lot of time uh, during the uh, week uh, instructing and working with our students uh, with their writing skills. So we're very happy to be able to help them with that. Absolutely, because even with every phone having a calculator nowadays and almost every phone having spell check, We still have times in our lives where we need uh, math, where we can't have a calculator with our phone, or we have to write something without spell check. 
So we need to be able to educate the uh, children for their entire life. Well, with Instagram and Twitter, uh, I, I, everything is short, right, and sweet and to the point, and grammar is out the window. So when did you see that trend building, and where is it now, and how is it affecting students' writing abilities? Well, uh, we do see uh, Instagram and texting uh, hurting uh, their writing abilities, but there again, you know, we have to kind of just, you know, get them back to the basics, basically, and just making sure that they are able to communicate and be able to organize their writing and be able to communicate uh, so that, you know, It'll, it'll help them in the long run, and it'll especially help them in the workplace as they, you know, graduate from college and they uh, are off and uh, working in the workplace. Absolutely, you know? because you do not want to have a resume with emoticons or uh, with abbreviations. You know, Carter, thank you for bringing that up because I would think, and that's what I was asking you, Molly, is that there had to be a demorphication point where all of a sudden it went from the ability to write an essay to not, you know, just being able to, like you said, write a text. Mm -hmm. So is that, I mean, when you see students coming in now, to what degree of capability within their age group or education level that they should be at do you see them at? I pretty much see them at, you know, at their level, but, you know, what they need help with is uh, just more help with sentence structure, possibly, or they all need help with the organization of writing. Uh, Mm -hmm. They, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, if they have a hard time organizing their writing, so I would say the most help that we can offer is helping them in the organization of their writing and then going back and just fine-tuning the rest of their, uh, you know, sentences and paragraphs and all of that. That, That's encouraging. So their, their basic grammar is up to snuff. But perhaps it's the logical order of their thought if they're trying to make a compelling statement, right? And things need to be in a logical sequence. Exactly, yes. And part of what we see, too, all of the students entered our program with an assessment so we can place them correctly. And in the writing example, there's a writing prompt. And a lot of the students, even though we would expect, for example, an eighth grader to be able to write 500 words with cogent thoughts, Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the kids will finish one or two paragraphs and they're done. And so I think the expectation with using text and everything is I don't have to complete my ideas. I'll just throw out a paragraph or two and I'm done. So that's part of what I saw Mm -hmm. in business is a lot of times when it was particularly written communication and maybe explaining why to enter a market or why a machine failed or whatever, you could not get usually a cogent report together in yeah. writing very easily. Yeah, I, I understand that. And uh, Carter, I think you mentioned math earlier, or, or, or I heard it out there. Uh, so students coming in now, and uh, where are they at math? You mentioned writing-wise they were up to snuff for age or grade level. How about math? Well, math is very 
complex now because we have the Georgia standards. And the standards, they don't give how to teach. It just shows what needs to be taught. So the schools themselves choose how they teach. And the way that they do it is that they teach math in multiple, multiple different ways in the same problem. So uh, greatest common factor, for example, there are probably five or six different ways that students learn to do one problem. And that can be very daunting for parents who are trying to understand their children's homework, trying to help them out, because when they... Uh, try to help a problem that they don't recognize from their childhood, it can be very daunting. I personally experienced that. I have an 11-year-old granddaughter who Mm -hmm. just math went above my, hey, I don't know how to help level, right? Yeah, and part of what we've seen as sort of an analog with writing and with the texting is with more calculators being used, and a lot of the curriculum now is on tablets, so right. they don't even write on paper anymore. They have access to calculators. For example, a lot of the late elementary and middle school kids don't have a good grasp of multiplication facts. And where that hurts them, they can get the answer, but it takes them longer. So they, as they get into the advanced math, it takes them longer to do each problem, and they can't complete the test. So where I grew up, and I'm third grade, I knew up to 12 by 12 by heart. Sure. A lot of the kids nowadays don't have that because they've been using calculators long enough. Yeah, it's sort of like Velcro on their shoes. They don't know how to tie. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Carter, you mentioned uh, history, right? Yes. And I'm a history buff myself. If I can't sleep, I literally do the presidents in reverse order (laughs) from Trump to Washington. Mm-hmm. So I love history, but the reason I'm bringing that up, from what I understand, um, some basic, you know, reading, writing, arithmetic, and history might be getting what used to be called social studies, if I, yes. right, to you old-timers out there, right? Um, but uh, that's being not, uh, not phased out, but not as, as central as it was at one time. Uh, it can be, and I have uh, tutored uh, AP World History, so I am... Uh, involved not only in English and math, but also in history using my degree. Mm-hmm. So how do you find, we're talking about the level, uh, age-specific, uh, for students coming in for history? Well, I think that students don't know a lot about history, unfortunately. And I don't think that is a failing of school. I just think that most people don't think that history is very important, Um, especially because now in the curriculum with social studies, it's also into geography. It's also into other branches of uh, studies. Mm. So it's not just history. And unfortunately, uh, if you do not know the past, you're probably going to uh, repeat it. So... Uh, a lot of people are repeating past mistakes that they don't need to. Hmm. That, that's interesting. So um, 
where do you find in, in a generality now between public schools, private schools, Catholic schools, um, home schools? Thank you, and, and and maybe I left out a category or two. Um, where do you find your students coming to you? Number one, um, percentage wise, and number two, needing the most help from where they come from. I think probably most of them are from public schools, uh, and. Uh, uh, a lot of times the help that they need is that they have a specific struggle at this point. The younger kids may be having trouble learning English or mm. learning to read, uh, and that's the problem. Uh, middle schoolers to, to high school, a lot of times the math gets much more complex, yeah. and a lot of them are having trouble with math. And then when you get into high school and they're trying to get set up to get into selective colleges, they're taking AP courses, they're trying to take the SAT, they're trying to get perfect grades on everything. The pressure right now, it's very competitive, particularly in North Fulton and Forsyth, uh, to get into colleges that the students are all pointed at. Uh, that becomes a pressure cooker where they need some extra help to get them through the process. Interesting. Do you, do you happen to know the statistics for uh, Georgia University right now? How many applications and how many they take? Just out of curiosity. Not overall, but I'll tell you that Georgia University of Georgia, because of the Hope Scholarship and the Zell Miller, is one of the most competitive public universities in the country. Uh, 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 a way of saying that is, while you probably need fourteen fifty and above on the SAT to get into Georgia Tech. You probably need, if you're in the Atlanta area, 1,400 to get into University of Georgia. Hmm. And a lot of our parents that went to University of Georgia said, when it was my turn, I was nowhere close to that. So I think that's a sign of, I think, really success that a lot of very capable students have decided to stay in Georgia because they get the Hope Scholarship. They get a su substantial part of their education paid for yeah, I can certainly understand that. Would that be true for Georgia State as well? Uh, Georgia State tends to be a little bit lower. Uh, they, you could probably, the typical score there would be 1250, 1300. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, but Georgia State, I've really been impressed. They do very well on getting kids out of school. They track a lot of different metrics. And they make sure that when kids start to struggle, they have people follow up with them. While they're in college. While they're in college. Mm -hmm. Like if they flunk the first test in their first major course, mm -hmm. they might get a call saying, this isn't a good sign if you want to major in this. That's very good to know. Um, I've always been impressed in, uh, with uh, Kennesaw in particular, especially their business programs. Yeah, well, everybody in the family except for me has graduated from Kennesaw. Gladie Nels. <laughs> and that was without me knowing that, folks. Yep. Yeah. Um, so uh, the best-in-class education center, I, I want our listeners to know, isn't just your company. It is your company. It's actually a franchise, and there are 70, and they've been around for how, how long has it been established? Uh, it's been around over 20 years. And it's been mainly on the West Coast. It's mm -hmm. headquartered in Seattle. The current uh, owner of Best in Class bought the franchise about 10, 12 years ago and really retooled it a bit. And he started bringing it to the East Coast. So my wife, son, and I, we brought it to Georgia. So we're in the North Atlanta area in North Fulton and Forsyth. We have two centers right now, one in Milton and one in Johns Creek. 
Oh, very good. And and I didn't mention earlier that it is a family. I mentioned that uh, Molly and, and Chris are married, but I didn't mention that Carter is their son. Absolutely, yes. Mm-hmm. Right, and we talked a little bit earlier about a condition that you had, which kind of led you in a new direction. Oh, absolutely. Uh, about four years ago, I had a massive stroke. Uh, it affected the right side of my body. I was pretty much paralyzed. And My heavens. Uh, I lost uh, part of my brain. I actually lost the ability to speak completely. Uh, I was speaking in tongues for a while. Uh, then I just stopped speaking altogether. And, of course, that started my uh, very long road to recovery, uh, getting my body back, uh, being able to speak again. And I learned so much that I now use in my business Uh, with being able to speak. Uh, For example, if any child, any child was uh, complaining about learning English, not only are they trying to learn English, I learned English twice. So (laughs) it's it's very hard for me to have a lot of uh, sympathy, but I'm very supportive. I, I can see that. No, you know, b- b- being an adult and going through that process, you would be very attuned and sensitive to the needs of any child that is struggling for varied reasons. Oh, yes. And just one thing that I learned through this is that, well, I had to start from uh, letters and then making sounds and then words. I had to start from the very basics, and eventually I hit a point where I learned enough words that I was able to speak any word in the English language. And I see the same idea translating with English and with math. There is a point where children just learn enough words that they're finally able to read. They're finally able to do multiplication and... uh, advanced multiplication or division. And I love that point where they just get it because I've been through that and it just uh, fills me with great hope and I just love it. And you were one of the teachers in in the center? Yes, I'm one Mm -hmm. of the teachers. And um, tell me about the staff. Right now we have uh, – a dozen teachers, mm-hmm. uh, and we we get degreed teachers, so they have degrees in English, math, the sciences, and everything, uh, because we do active teaching. Uh, although we have a curriculum, it's not just doing worksheets. The kids come in and actually get taught, or in some cases retaught if they're having trouble at school. Uh, so and one of the other things we do so the teachers are very effective They don't have to worry about lesson plans, which is one positive. But we bring in uh, high school students to be graders. (laughs) So the teachers don't have to do any grading either. The whole time they're they're there, they're teaching the students. They get supported by us and by the graders. That's an innovative way to uh, maximize efficiency of their time, for sure. You know, um, I I had mentioned in the intro, uh, you know, about the – the pressure and competitiveness of going on to, to college, and thank you for enlightening me because you, you were more about the the quality of the education from K to 12, which we just kind of covered pretty thoroughly. But let's do talk about, especially with the news of, of, of CollegeGate, how competitive it is to get into college, and I, I believe you offer uh, guidance for that as well. 
Right. In addition to help with the test process themselves, the SAT and ACT, uh, we have a college admissions prep course helping to pick out what schools you should shoot for, how to get scholarships, how to manage the process, and with the writing Molly talked about, a lot of Mm. help with personal statements and things like that. But uh, it has become very competitive. The biggest thing, though, is getting students to understand what they want to do what they want to study, where they want to go, because that determines how how selective they have to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not everybody has to go to a Harvard or a Stanford or Georgia Tech to succeed. And and I think a lot of times helping with the orientation of what do you want to do, where are the best programs for that. And in Georgia's case, can you get it at a Georgia State University and get your tuition potentially paid for, uh, showing that there's other options because I think a lot of times people just think, I have to get into Harvard or I have to go here if I'm going to be this type of person. Very good. Well, in the time we have remaining, I just want to make sure that we we covered all the points that you would like for our listeners to hear. Anything that you can think of that we could fill? I I looked at the uh, bulletin that I was provided. I think I covered it, but I want to make sure... Before we wind down, I know I want to give you your contact information, but we could hold on that if there's any points that you have to make. I think, you know, one of the big things is just what I touched on is while there are curriculum and while there are processes, you know, each child is different. And no one path, no one school, no one uh, curriculum is the be-all and end-all. And part of this is the parents and the children understanding where they want to get to and being enabled on that path. Not everybody has to get a 1600 on the SAT. Or can get a very good education (laughs) at another school that may accept a 1250. And that's not any worse because you got a 1250 instead of a 1600. So I think a lot of it is picking out where you want to go and what's good for you and then planning that future instead of getting something prepackaged. And I think that's part of the competitiveness we've seen is certain parents have thought, I've got to get them into certain schools, and they've gone well above board to get them into certain schools. Uh, When you read some of the stories, it even amazes me, uh, some of the things that parents cooked up with help to get their kids into certain universities. It it has been in the news lately, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah. as we're ready to close, uh, Molly, did you have anything yeah, to add? I just want to bounce back. Uh, Chris talked about SAT, but I just want to close also the loop with enrichment and just say that our program actually uh, allows uh, each student to be at their level, and it's uh, our enrichment program is very individualized. And so we're able to help that one particular student all the time uh, get, you know, uh, ahead and uh, you know help them excel and thrive and and we did a great job with having the teacher led model and I think that's very important because when a student is in our uh, center that means that they have the ability to have a teacher present and the teacher will make notes they'll get to know them and they'll be able to pinpoint if someone is uh, struggling that maybe we need to help them in a certain way or if they're doing too well 
and we need to make it even harder uh, because we don't want it to be so easy that they get bored. And I, we don't want it to be so hard that they get discouraged. So having a teacher-led model is why we really uh, focus on this franchise because we are just educators. And we truly believe that teachers make a huge difference in education. Well, thank you. So um, if someone wants to get in touch with you, best Best in class education. Best in class education, boy, I'll tell you. Go right ahead. So bestinclassseducation.com. You can go to locations, and here in Georgia, it'll pull up our locations first. Mm -hmm. So you can see us there. You can call us at 678-332-2100, or you can send uh, an email to either Johns Creek or Milton at bicedu.com. Why, thank you. Uh, This is Artie Ruderman co-hosting for Rich Casanova, and I want to give a shout-out to the Alpharetta Chamber of Commerce. Georgia Podcast Studios is a voice for the Alpharetta Chamber of Commerce, and we always welcome members to come here and talk about their businesses and their ideas. So once again, this is Artie Ruderman signing off for Georgia Podcast. On behalf of the Pro Business Channel, we thank you for listening to the Georgia Podcast, featuring the who's who and what's new in Georgia. Made possible in part by Global Podcast Studios, offering podcast studio rentals, production, and distribution. Visit globalpodcaststudios.com. And by our friends at Serendipity Labs, co-working, private offices, and more. True inspiration at work. Learn more at serendipitylabs.com. Join Rich Casanova for the next Georgia podcast and download on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more.